Well, folks, we've had better nights. Iowa gets uh, taken to the woodshed. I don't know if that's a, a term that coaches like to use, Gary, but uh, this one was uh, ugly from the start. Um, it, it's obviously difficult when it's an Iowa State-Iowa rivalry Cyhawk game. Um, lots to unpack. You know, I've got some feelings and thoughts that I'll share here in a moment. But first of all, for fans who are tuning in here to sort of vent and to sort of figure out a way how to just figure out what happened tonight, what did happen? I mean, what what? how did this unravel? Well, first off, Iowa State's good. I mean, they're, they've they've had a uh, competitive schedule. They've won every game. Um, they're playing at home, and uh, they just got off to a terrific start and just never let up. They just uh, were really, really good on the defensive end and um, just physically uh, were the superior team tonight and, and uh, um, deserved the win. They, they were just, they were just better tonight and it, it happens, you know, it's just, it's a crazy game. Sometimes you just, uh, the other team's just better. And tonight they were. Lots of things to talk about, but this is going to continue to be a discussion. And I thought the rebounding got better in the second half, and I don't have the full box score yet. I thought Chris Murray really played hard in that second half. And I walked away tonight thinking, and again, I was at the game, and uh, just a heck of an environment. I've always said that about Hilton. It's just a great mm -hmm. atmosphere. Um, but I walked away thinking Chris and, and Keegan both are still really good. They're going to, they're only going to improve, especially Chris. I, I was impressed, again, with his – efforts on the boards in that second half, because I, again, I don't have the first half stats in front of me, but I think Iowa may have gotten close to evening out rebounding in the second half. But obviously first half, we saw the same issues from the Illinois game, which was startling to me because this is not a real big ISU team. Um, so there's some issues I would think with just boxing out and just the fundamentals of rebounding Gary. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's kind of been a reoccurring theme. I think they got out rebounded by 18 in the first half and, Okay. Uh, Iowa, Iowa State was just quicker to the ball. They just uh, they had a nose for the ball and were the more physical team. I think the physical as a, a coaching staff, I think that's probably one of the things that they're going to be concerned about. I think just they were physically uh, uh, taken to. I mean, they're just deep rebounding uh, defensively, uh, attacking the basket. Um, they just they were out muscled uh, the whole game, and it, you probably see it. Um, most evidently on the boards, uh, but get out rebounded by 18 and a half. And and uh, when they made their run from a rebounding standpoint, the game was pretty much over anyway. So it's uh, it's a little deceiving. But even 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 then, they still get out rebounded by 18, which is way too much. I think Iowa State had 21 offensive rebounds, which and they shot the ball pretty well. <laughs> so right, uh, you know they're getting probably over 50 percent of their missed shots. And on the road, there's just no way. Um, especially when you're playing a team that plays as good a defense as they do, you just can't keep giving them extra possessions and, uh, and expect to even hang around. Yeah. 28 to 10, that first half discrepancy. And that's just brutal. Um, you know, in, in three point shooting, obviously Iowa struggled tonight from three, um, you know, they couldn't get in transition. That was my main thing that I took away, at least from the first half and two thirds of the second half. Iowa just could not get in transition, and I give Iowa State a lot of credit for that. Of course, you to get in transition, you usually need to get you force misses and get rebounds. Um, but how much is that going to hinder Iowa's fast break game if you can't secure a rebound? Oh, you can't start it. That's that, that's where it starts, and 
Uh, and you give up, you know, you get out rebound of that bad in the first half. I don't know how many of those were offensive rebounds, but probably a good share of them. And uh, they're converting on those. And um, and then when they weren't getting the rebounds, they were scoring. So if you either getting out, getting the ball out of your basketball time or giving up offensive rebounds, you're going to have a hard time getting your transition going. And they did a good job of getting back as well. So a combination of all three things cut their transition down a great deal. There's no question you brought it up. Uh, at the outset of the show that Iowa State is uh, it's incredible what TJ Otzelberger has done there I mean I know it's early I know they haven't even reached the Big 12 schedule yet um, I was young but again they go from winning two games all of last season zero games a bagel in the Big 12 to they're beating everybody on their schedule right now mm-hmm. and if I, my count is correct that's five I consider Xavier and Creighton power five and memphis power five teams in basketball i consider them major teams obviously so they are just beating everybody and they're doing it on the defensive end but i've never seen a number that i can remember even i was i said this to an iowa state fan behind us i said i've never seen iowa just dismantled from an offensive standpoint even the bad teams under fran like the 16 17 when iowa started to take a dip and of course 17 18 was really bad those teams scored a ton of points and i'm not saying this is going to be a trend but i just don't remember a specific game where iowa's not been able to get anything going from the field. How good is this Cyclone defense right now? Uh, it's real good. It's physical. Um, it, it, it got Iowa to dribble in the ball. They just dribbled the ball a lot, and, and most of their dribbling was east and west, not north and south. So they got very little penetration. You know, that's where you can get open looks from three if you can drive and kick. And um, they were they were really superior on the defensive end. I think their physical play really drove – Iowa out of their offense. They didn't screen particularly well. When you're when you're playing against a team that physical, you got to set good screens. You got to move the ball. You got to move hard out without the ball. The tendency is to start to dribble a lot, and what that does is just slow everything down. And they drove them right out of their offense. Uh, it was a it was an impressive defensive show. With that being said, I did think Iowa missed a lot of shots, but again, um, I'm sure you can attribute some of that just to the fact that when you get out of rhythm, it's hard to get back in rhythm. Because the second half, Iowa had some looks. I thought Bohannon missed a couple open ones. Chris certainly missed some shots. Um, yeah. You know, there was a play in the second half, and I don't remember. Again, I, I the Iowa was thoroughly dominated in this game, but there was a transition bucket, or, or lack of lack thereof, I should say, um, where Peyton Sanford tried to oop it to one of the Murray twins and I'm thinking pull up for three would have made it a 14 point game if he can make that open transition three and those are just I, I that kind of just epitomized the growing pains that this team is going to have because I'm thinking at that, this point in the game Fran was had inserted Peyton in there for his three-point shooting purposes I would have to assume um, as far as responding from this I mean moving forward uh, you've got a long break and we can talk about Utah State a bit I know that's down the road now, but um, you're being a former coach. How do you how do you uh, coach your kids after a tough loss where you're just completely dominated, especially on the road, um, and then you have to go into a long break? How do you deal with that? Well, I think you you know you whether it's video or sitting them down, whatever you want to do, you got to point out where their where their deficiencies are and where we got to get better. And there's not a whole lot you can do during finals week. That's a that's a tough week to do a whole lot of practicing, but I would guess they'll have a video session and go through some of the uh, breakdowns they had defensively, some of the breakdowns they had offensively. You know, here's what we got to get better. And then, you know, then it's time to take care of your test. And then as the, as the 
finals week uh, gets over, then you, you, I think you got to put this game behind you and move on to the next one. Um, there's just take one day to figure out what, what went wrong. And then, Hey, now we gotta, now we gotta go to work and improve and get ready for Utah state. Cause that's not going to be an easy game, especially with such a long break. If you look at the Big Ten schedule so far, so Iowa going 0-2. Um, but, again, we know how strong Purdue and Illinois are, although Purdue losing tonight, which might have been the biggest shocker in college basketball so far this year. Um, I, I, I don't know that I've ever been um, happy with you – know, you're never happy with an 0-2 conference start. But after those first two games, I felt pretty good. Mm-hmm. And, and now with this game, at some point, I mean, obviously I, I wrote in big letters earlier, patience. That's what, this, that's what we need to have as fans because these are some growing pains. But at the same time, I don't remember an Iowa team getting beat on the boards this badly. And so how much can you, I mean, how much can you improve this? Is this something that it's just going to be an issue that Iowa has to deal with and you just try to improve as much as possible? Or is this something that Iowa can actually fix midseason? Oh, I think you can improve on it, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of areas that you can get better at, and rebounding will be one of them. They've got to, uh, you know, they can do a better job of stopping penetration. Penetration will hurt your rebounding because it gets you out of position. They got to do a better job of being more physical with their screen outs, better job of going to get the ball. Uh, but I, I, I think, um, I think it's definitely an area that they can improve. And I wouldn't be surprised if they spend a little time on it because it's, uh, certainly the last two games, it's it's hurt them significantly, um, and it's 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 debilitating when you're getting pounded like that. It's it's uh, it's not something you want to go through very often. Question here for you, Gary. Um, and I know this again, just one moment in the game. But Ray asks, why didn't Fran take a timeout right away during the first half run? Um, it seems like Fran, and he's said this before. Fran likes to save those timeouts. He's very hesitant to call timeouts early mm-hmm. in games. Would you have called the timeout earlier just to kind of settle things down when it started to get away from him? Yeah, it's you know he's got a better feel for his team than than I do in terms of how they can handle it. You know, maybe he'll go back and look at it. And say, I probably should have. Um, they really haven't been in that situation much at all this year. They've been either way ahead or you know within striking distance. So. Um, I don't know if it would have mattered tonight as well as Iowa State play. I don't know if one timeout would have made a whole lot of difference. They were just really, really sharp tonight and just looked quicker and quicker to the ball, quicker down the court, just more aggressive. It was just uh, it was just a very impressive performance. Our caller line is open if you want to call, ask a question, or if you want to just vent. Uh, that's okay, too. Our number, 515-635-1601, 515-635-1601. Spaghetti Factory comments, Iowa State plays super hard. Iowa looks scared midway through the first half till the end of the game. Their press seemed to trip ISU up, but they didn't swarm enough to punish them. I thought, actually, Iowa State handled Iowa's pressure for most of the game. They handled it pretty well, and it did force some turnovers there late in the second half. Um, but it also, when it broke down... That's the result of breaking a press. You're going to get easy buckets at times. Yeah, yeah, that's the – but they're in a situation there where they've got to do a little gambling to see if they can get some quick possessions where they can score because they're just too far behind. So when you do that, it leaves you vulnerable to to breakdowns in the back of it. And uh, while they did get some turnovers, they also did give up some open threes as well as I think one 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 basket at the, right at the rim. So – but uh, – like I said, they were in a situation where they had to gamble a little bit because 
because uh, of the time situation and how far they had to come back from. Are you concerned at all about Keegan Murray? I mean, I know just two weeks ago we were heaping praise on that young man and and uh, everybody has off nights, but this is the second straight game where he's struggled. I know he kind of got things going late against Illinois and he ended up with nine tonight, but four of 17. Um, what are teams doing against him now? Well, they're making his touches more difficult. They're playing him more physical. Uh, he's drawing more attention from people, you know, raiding the post and and uh, helping off towards him, things like that. So, which is what's going to happen when you're putting up the kind of numbers he's putting up. You know, we've, we talked about that. He's he's now the first guy they talk about uh, in a scouting report, whereas last year maybe he was the fourth or fifth. So, um, and we don't know ex- if he's fully back from his ankle situation. I don't think he looks quite as explosive as he did earlier in the year. So I think this week will help him hopefully clean that up a little bit and and uh, and get going. So um, I think his year so far has been really, really encouraging. And tonight they did a terrific, terrific job on them, and they were physical. And and uh, sometimes you just got to take your hat off to the opponent and say, hey, tonight they were better. And uh, we've got to improve, and, and I think they will. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Who impressed you for Iowa tonight? Was there any individual that you, that that impressed you? I don't know if anybody really flat out jumped out at me. I, um, I think they would probably say the same thing. I think you know players had some moments. Um, uh, Keegan, I think, did have six offensive rebounds, which is which is a great number. I think, I think Chris had nine, uh, three, so nine of their. Uh, I think they had fifteen offensive rebounds, so nine of the fifteen rebounds came from those two, but. I think if you ask both of them, they thought they probably had a below average game. And, and uh, as a team, they did as well. So I don't know if anybody stood out tonight. Um, there were some moments, but not many. And I did think, I, I mentioned that earlier, I thought Chris really competed hard on the glass in the second half. And you're right, Keegan with nine, uh, seven rebounds for the game, Chris with six. Um, I'll just, I'll just kind of uh, relay some of the narrative that I heard on Twitter during the game, and again, as you know, Twitter can be a cesspool, especially with fans <laughs> upset about a game. But um, one of the comments that I continued to see was that Iowa went from, and I know, again, we're talking exaggerating living in the moment, but Iowa goes from being a post-dominant team last year to now it seemed like not having really much of a post-offense hurt them in this game, and obviously it's hurting them on the glass. Philip Robracha, I kind of thought, would bounce back today Again, he struggles. He's been struggling, and I thought the size of Edie and Williams and Kofi Coburn were probably the reasons for that. But um, what does Iowa have a solution on the inside right now? We, I don't. I think we both agree Ogundale is not there yet. No, um, I don't think so. I think they'd be playing him more. Uh, and I think that game was was too uh, fast paced, and uh, their defense was so aggressive that um, it had been hard for him to be. Um, successful on a game like that. Uh, they were quicker at, at, at a lot of positions, and so playing him is, is not going to solve that. So, um, so I, I think, you know, I think it was just, I think their post situation, I think if you even asked the coaches, that's one area where they've got, you know, they've got to improve on. There's no, no question about it. But when you have an All American like that last year who played a lot of minutes, that's understandable. And, and then obviously, um, with Nunji leaving to go into Cincinnati, they hurt as well. So those are their two dominant big men that are both gone. 
And um, so it's it's understandable that they might be struggling there a little bit. I brought this up uh, pregame. This isn't going to make anybody feel any better. But let's not forget that Iowa thought they had a real shot at Liam Robbins this past uh, offseason. Of course, he ended up going to Vanderbilt. But let's just play hypothetical for a second. What would Liam Robbins being on this roster do to Iowa's outlook? Well, it would give him more experience with a guy at, at a high a high level of basketball that, that uh, these guys that are playing now have not had. And so, and he's, he's probably a little bit bigger and a little bit stronger and, and obviously more experienced. So um, it's tough. There's no question. That's a big, big hole that had to be filled. And, and as of right now, it hasn't, it hasn't been accomplished. And we shall see if, if Ogundale can get there. You know, we've seen some positives from him. I know fans were, Mm-hmm. disappointed that Fran didn't play Josh Moore against Illinois on Monday because he did give him some good minutes against Purdue. And again, given the size and, and they, he did get some time there at the end of the first half and had a couple nice blocks, I thought. Um, so he's competing and he's obviously got some his uh, just his pure size to me. If they can get him in shape and get him game more game ready to me, he's going to be able to make an impact. And so perhaps that comes. And, and the other reason why I'm just not pushing the panic button yet is we've seen Iowa in past seasons, I think of last year as a perfect example, um, get hot early and, you know, they dominated Iowa state in this game. I know Iowa state's totally different, but we've seen that rodeo before. I think Iowa fans are ready to see a team peaking in February and March. And I know that's sort of a sorry excuse to be using when you get blown out on the road against your rival. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you kind of feel the same way, Gary? Well, that's what you, that's what you definitely want to do. You want to be playing your best basketball in February, March, or your season going to come to a, fast, uh, fast ending. So there, there's a long way to go. They've had some bright moments. Um, this was not one of them, but uh, probably not totally surprising given how much they've lost in terms of uh, who left and, and playing a really good opponent, a hot opponent. Our opponent was playing really well on their court in a rivalry game. So uh, like I said, sometimes you just got to tip your hat off to the opponent. Hey, they were better tonight. And, and Hey, here's where we got to get better. And, now it's now it's up to us to do that, and uh, I think they've had enough bright spots that uh, you you know you can you can hope that uh, this is more of an anomaly than something that's going to happen consistently. And one number that we've we've talked about a lot um, is Iowa not turning the ball over, and tonight twelve turnovers, but still won that battle. And I don't think twelve turnovers that Iowa State team turns everybody over and in high volume. So that's not a bad number either, is it, is it Gary? No, 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 it's, it's high for them, but they're one of the best in the country. So uh, turnovers did not cost them the game tonight. Uh, I think their offense just bogged down with tremendous defensive pressure. They, they were rushed all night long and just did not get a lot of good looks, especially in the first half where uh, they were dominant. Um, you know, they got a few, but not, not many and never really got into a rhythm. And uh, Iowa State deserves credit for that. I think there's a good example of a defensive uh, defensive team dominating at that end that was probably the main reason why they won the game. We'll finish up with Iowa, but Gary, I've got to ask you about what Wisconsin pulled off yesterday. Um, I checked in on that game. I want to say it was maybe early in the second half, but it looked like Indiana was running away with it. 
Um, did you get to watch the Badgers yesterday? No, I, well, I saw a little bit of the first half, and then I actually, actually was working a couple kids out, so I missed the second half. Um, Indiana was terrific in the first half, really, really looked sharp, and uh, obviously that changed <laughs> totally 180 in the second half. Um, they held them 17 points. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to believe that you can lose a game by five and only score 17 points and a half. Uh, but that's that's where they won the game. They they shut them down on the defensive end and scored enough points to make a great comeback. So uh, they're probably the surprise team in the Big Ten right now. They've they've uh, had a terrific start. Their only loss was was to a pretty good Providence team, and that's when Johnny Davis wasn't playing. So um, they're they're a team to be reckoned with. Hard to believe that they were picked tenth and uh, Iowa's picked ninth. Uh, but that just goes to show you preseason polls. Hey, Iowa State was picked last. So um, incredible. Those polls don't mean a whole lot. They certainly don't. And, um, you know, a poll that also doesn't really mean anything at this point are these uh, AP and coaches rankings. Um, you know, you see Purdue get to number one in the country for the first time in school history. And in the back of my head, uh, there was a lot of, and I don't know how active you are on the social media landscape, but there was a lot of celebration from Purdue people and the players and just, and I'm not saying it was a distraction, but I I'm sitting here thinking, I, I get that's an accomplishment. Like it's the first time in school history, you've been number sure. one, but it's December. What are we celebrating? I mean, and, and exactly what just happened. They go to Rutgers against a team that's not really been playing that well and they get beat. I don't know if you yeah. caught that game, Gary, but, um, did you feel the same way? Was there a little bit too much uh, celebration in West Lafayette this week? Well, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know. Uh, but, you know, that kind of comes with the territory, especially if you've never done it before. You're going to do it for the first time. And in some ways, you know, it's understandable. It's, uh, you know, it's uh, it's kind of a neat accomplishment. You know, like you said, it's early. Um, Rutgers shot great from three. Uh, they're not a great three-point shooting team, but they – they shot 50%, I think, from three. And that's how you make that's how you have upsets is, you know, you, you're you're not solid on the defensive end in terms of giving up threes, and uh, and that can be a great equalizer, and it was tonight, uh, although it took a half-court bank shot to beat them. Um, and, you know, it's a Big Ten game on the road, and, and Rutgers is not bad. So, you know, it's not totally surprising. It's a little bit, obviously, being number one. But it just goes to show you in this league, when you go on a road, you you better you better be ready to go. Um, and uh, you got to give credit to Rutgers; that was a terrific win for them. And I'll be honest, since I was at the game, I I didn't even know it was a half court buzzer beater for Rutgers. Yeah, Purdue scored with three and a half seconds left, and uh, Rutgers took it in. And uh, the guy dribbled to half court and kind of did a step through of a trap and heaved it, and it it went in. Banked in just inside the F-court line. Hunter, is it Hunter? Um, a real good player for Rutgers. Harper, uh, Ron Harper Jr. Yeah, Harper, Ron Harper, yeah. Uh, he kind of stepped through a trap and flung it up there, and that baby went right in. And they were behind? They were down two. Yep, and, wow. he, and he banked it in, for, or down one or two anyway. The three the three beat him. I think they were down one. Yeah, and, they won uh, 70, 70 to 68. Yeah, they were down one. Um, wow. Williams made a great move in the great uh, painter had a great play with about 11 seconds left and got Williams basically a layup in the post. And then uh, 
Rutgers jumped, no time I didn't have any, and jumped in and brought up the court and knocked it in just inside the half court line. Is there any better way to win a game uh, other than at, at home? You're down, you shoot a, a deep three against the number one team in the country. Is there any better uh, way to that's, win? That's probably, uh, that was a deep three. That was a, uh, yeah. that was a half court buzzer beater that was he had 30 points he had a terrific game and they played without uh their other guard is really good um baker geo baker yeah yeah he didn't play so it's even more impressive certainly is and not something i expected um i'm not trying to say that purdue was uh celebrating too much but certainly you wonder if their heads were involved there and and again uh Ron Harper Jr. is a heck of a ball player. And I've expressed to you, Gary, that I was a little surprised. I mean, I know they lost some players. They lost quite a few players to the transfer portal. But I, frankly, I was surprised that they've struggled as much as they've struggled. So it doesn't necessarily shock me. And I think Steve Peichel is a really good coach. I don't know if you know Steve, but he seems to really know. I mean, he, he is a great get for a, a program that's got a really rich history in Rutgers, mm-hmm. um, but has not really been relevant in how many years? And of course, they missed on the tournament a couple of years ago when they would have gotten in, but but due to COVID, the, the right, uh, you know what right. happened. Yeah, he's done a nice job getting that program going in the right direction. There's no doubt about it. The league is brutal. You know, you you can have a pretty good team playing pretty well and not get not get a lot of W's because the league is so tough. Absolutely. Okay, so let's look ahead here because um, we can drone on and on about this number, and it's not a pretty number. And uh, frankly, it wasn't even this close, Gary. I mean, I, I just sitting there watching the game. The game was never in doubt for Iowa State. Yeah, you never thought they were going to make a run. It's just Iowa State no. was in control. I think, especially on the defensive end, they just they did not get a lot of easy baskets. Uh, every everything was a struggle and uh, took a long time on the shot clock. And like you said, very few transition baskets, very few easy baskets. They, they looked rushed. Um, you got to give Iowa State credit for that. It was. Uh, was a really, really impressive defensive performance. So, hey, you, you learn from it and you move on. I want to ask you one last question before we turn our attention to Utah State. And I don't, I, I I'm not going to rip anybody for this, but um, you've been in a lot of college atmospheres. Um, the hatred from Iowa State fans towards this man, Jordan Bohannon, uh, is unlike anything I've ever witnessed as far as, I mean, there have been, this is a bitter rivalry, you could say, I guess. George Niang was sort of a, a villain in Iowa City, but nothing quite like this. And I, I understand that Jordan Bohannon has brought a lot of this on himself. Is there a line that you feel student bodies cross, though, as far as just how they treat an opposing player? Yeah, I think you can go too far. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. You, you know, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with getting on a little bit and, and enjoying the game, but there, you know, there's a line that you shouldn't cross in terms of, uh, you know, good sportsmanship and things like that. So, uh, but you're, you know, you're, you're going to get that in a rivalry like this. That's just, that kind of comes with the territory and probably didn't surprise Jordan because he's, you know, he's used to that. And well, I think you know, he liked a, it. I think yeah. Liked yeah. It's a, you know, it's a typical Iowa, Iowa state game and that's why it's a, it's a great game. And, Hopefully they'll continue. I think it's too bad that they don't play you and I in Iowa State era and and Drake. Exactly. Um, I think it would be a. It's always been a great for the state, and you know there maybe there's some scheduling issues that prevent them from doing that. But um, well, I think it's, I think the the schedule. This is my opinion, Gary. I think the scheduling issues are they've lost that game at the McLeod at the, at the McLeod Center too many times. Drake is now good. 
those aren't good. I don't think Fran looks at those games as good opportunities. He looks at those as opportunities for losses. Mm-hmm. And that's unfortunate because I, I think the fans, I mean, you know, the fan, those were great games. Um, yeah. and Fran played in those or coached in those games early in his tenure that I remember he got tossed from a game up at you and I one mm-hmm. year. Um, so does, does Wisconsin, I mean, I'm trying to think of the equivalent of you and I and Drake up in Wisconsin. I mean, Milwaukee, uh, Green Bay really isn't. Um, no, Green Bay and Milwaukee are not on the levels of Drake and uh, Milwaukee's not real. No, relevant. no, not now. No, no, they're both programs are going through a change and trying to get back to where they were. One time they were, but they're not now. Uh, Wisconsin played Green Bay, but does not play Milwaukee. So I think it's kind of going around where, you know, with the added Big Ten games now at 20, um, it limits the non-conference games. You get into, you know, you want to go to a tournament and you want to play in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. And so there's, there's some, there is some scheduling issues because of all the other priorities that you got to take care of. But they play Marquette every year, am I correct? They do play Marquette every year, yep. So and of course Iowa plays Iowa State every year, but yeah. I'm with you. I think it's an opportunity missed, and um, you know, again, we understand why Fran scheduled the way he scheduled, and Iowa's fully been. I mean, they've been fully tested right now. I mean, you'd have to think yeah. they've dealt with a couple big men. They've dealt with suffocating defenses. They've dealt with Illinois that can score at will. Yep. So just about everything thrown at them. Mm-hmm. Is this a good time for a break in your mind? Yeah, probably. I mean, that was a that was a brutal four game stretch and three of them are on the road. Uh, so they've, you know, they've gotten in and out of planes and buses and now they got finals coming up. So um, this is, this is probably a good time to take a little break and get refreshed and, uh, you know, get back to, you know, figure out some things they got to get better at and then, and then get back at it in a few days. All right. So, um, of course, the next game on the Iowa schedule, Utah State up at the Pentagon should be a great environment. I would think that uh, a lot of Iowa fans gobble up those tickles, tickets. To, so I don't think the struggles here these last few games will affect attendance there. Um, and Utah State, you know, I don't know if you've seen much of Utah State. They, they lost to St. Mary's by two, lost to BYU, who's top 25 by 11, um, and then beat Oklahoma. And really, they beat Richmond as well. So they, you know, they look like maybe a little underrated, a little dangerous. Um, yeah, I think dangerous is a good way of putting it. Yeah, especially, <laughs> excuse me, especially when you've had a week off or more than a week. It'll be nine days. That's a lot. That's a long time to go without playing. So you know, you worry about timing and and things like that. So that's that's a pretty difficult. You know, a lot of times teams schedule easy game, so to speak, coming out of finals. Cause you know, finals are tough in, in, in themselves. You know, you don't get a lot of practice time, you're odd hours studying and now all of a sudden you're going to turn around and play a team like Utah state. That's going to, that, that, that's going to be a tough game. I don't think there's any question. And uh, anybody who doesn't not familiar with Utah state, if you just look at their, uh, their roster, Justin Bean, I don't know if you've heard that name, Gary, but a uh, six, seven senior out of Moore, Oklahoma, He's averaging 22 and 12. Um, And again, you know, off of a pretty decent uh, schedule. Um, So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. And then his, uh, I can't find the other guy, but um, they've got a a couple guys averaging double figures. But, uh, you know, opportunity for Iowa to get back on the winning track. It's been, you know, that Virginia game. You wonder, had that game 
had Kia Clark made that last shot. We're talking, we'd be talking about four straight losses, Gary. Yeah, but he didn't, so we're not. So we don't have to worry about it. (laughs) You're right. You're absolutely right. Let's just be happy that Iowa did win that game. Uh, They they were a couple stops away from beating Purdue at Purdue. You're right. And Illinois, for that matter. Yep. Yep. They've had their moments against some pretty good teams. So tonight was not one of them, but uh, we'll – We'll flush that one away and and then get ready to roll uh, and get you know keep improving. I think that's the key thing. They what what you do when you play games like this is it exposes your weaknesses. And you want to find out now where you're weak, yes. so that when the league gets going, you can try to shore them up. Um, you don't want to find that out, you know, halfway through the Big Ten season. So they've got some areas like every team that they got to get better at. Now the question is, you know, will they get that accomplished and I still think they got a chance to be a pretty good basketball team. I think tonight was not reflective of that, but um, you're going to have games like that. So um, learn by it and move on. And Gary, I think we'd both agree defense was an issue in the sense that they are still struggling mightily on the boards and that's part of defense, but the offense was really, you could say the offense was the issue tonight. I mean, 27% from the field. And if you're going to put your trust in Fran McCaffrey to do anything, it's fixed uh, uh, some offensive issues. Yeah, I, I didn't. I, I think the big problem they had was the physicality and the aggressiveness that they played with. Had them doing a lot of dribbling uh, versus passing and cutting and getting the ball going from side to side. It kind of stuck in one spot, and then it's hard to break a defense down that way. So you don't get as high a quality shots as they've been getting. And, and as we mentioned, Iowa State did a terrific job of taking away their transition, which is where you can get some easy looks. So they had a lot of tough looks and challenged looks and didn't shoot the ball real well. And um, I think Iowa State deserves the credit for that. And to answer this final question, the answer is no. This is not time to start looking at other head coaching options. <laughs> We're all, we all live in the moment, and I yeah, understand the question, sure. but um fran will get this offense figured out let's remember that just about a week ago they were leading the country in points per game gary <laughs> so, right right and i was I, I was sitting there saying during that that uh, halftime um i'm sitting there thinking all right Iowa scored 26 in the first half there's no way they're held under 60 and they came out and had three points in like the first seven eight minutes um off of a rabracha dunk and a free throw and you're thinking mm-hmm. I said I said it again to the Cyclone fans around us. I said, I've never seen Iowa's offense stagnant like this. So I don't want to say it's a fluke. you got to give Iowa State all kinds of credit like you brought up. But as we have on our screen here, patience. This is a young team. Yeah. They've shown a lot of promise. They've got some, they've got some flaws. But you have some time off to, to fix these issues. And, and hopefully mm-hmm. finals will kind of give them a, a mental break. Because I would have to think, you know, we talked about it after the Illinois game. To get pounded on the glass the way they did in that game had to be not only embarrassing, but just I, I would think it hit your confidence. And then to have the same thing happen tonight, I, I'm, a, I'm in agreement with you. I think it's a good time for them to just kind of get away from it all and then regroup next week sometime. Yeah, uh, that was the best defense team they played so far. Um, you know, Purdue, Purdue will get after you a little bit, but the, Purdue is not as good defensively as Iowa State is right now. Um, Better than Virginia? Well, Virginia plays a different type of defense. They're more of a containing, softer defense. This was an aggressive, yeah. physical defense out in passing lanes and you know, putting a lot of pressure on the ball. Um, it, was, it was totally different than Virginia. 
and and it was better than Virginia's. And Virginia, I don't think Virginia is quite the defensive team that they've been in the past. Um, I think they've lost some players too that have affected it. But um, I think generally speaking, for, for the full forty minutes, that that probably was the best defense they've been been up against. And um, in terms of the pressure and the phys- physicality, I don't think they've face that as much as they did tonight and and it and it bothered them there's no question about it but it's it, but they've been doing that to a lot of teams uh this year and and you got to give them credit for that so utah state is dangerous no question about it um and then another team that's dangerous that's on the schedule is western illinois lost by florida DePaul, beat nebraska on the road that's an eight and two western illinois squad and then of course the other game is uh sila southeast louisiana so they will get uh, those three games, and then we'll be right back in the Big Ten. So I think Iowa. I think we both agree, Gary. It's 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 a scenario where Iowa can um, reasonably be three and zero over the next couple of weeks, and yeah. that's a guarantee. Yeah. But it's certainly. I mean, if the anything, games and a game on a neutral court, yeah, uh, I think that's I think that's definitely a possibility for sure. Anything less than three and zero is a disappointment in my mind. Just given the schedule, they and again they need these three wins just to bounce back. And then they get Maryland at home. They get Wisconsin on the road, Indiana at home, Minnesota on the road, Rutgers on the road. The Big Ten is brutal. And, of course, they're going to have some more winnable games like Penn State um, and even potentially Maryland because of the loss of Turgeon. But regroup, and uh, in about nine days, it'll be on Saturday, December 18th, 8 p.m. on BTN, of course, from the Sanford Pentagon up in Sioux Falls. Gary, I know it's been a rough night. Appreciate you being patient <laughs> as I made my way back from uh, – yeah, well, a terrific atmosphere, but not not one for Hawkeye fans. And uh, we'll plan on talking next week. Sounds good, Corey. I look forward to it. All right. For Coach Gary Close, I'm Corey Brada from the Hawkeye of the Storm. We will talk to you soon.